Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson Killar jag så bra som mig Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores! Karlsson, Karlsson Welcome everybody to part two of episode 459 of the Keith and Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast, the longest running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, hosted by two guys who have been talking about some disappointing players on Calgary. Now we're going to move on to Pittsburgh. Don't worry, then we're going to perk up talking about some guys doing really well all around the league. I'm your host, Dylan Dubrovsky. Once again, you've hopefully just been finishing up part one. And Brian, we still have so much more to get to. So I don't think we have too much time to dilly-dally, though I do want to ask you, how are you doing so far? Enjoying the recording? I'm enjoying the recording, hopefully not more than the people listening, because that, that's what's important. I can have a miserable time on the mic, but so long as it's bringing joy to those listening. I mean, I'm good with it. That makes me sound like a martyr. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I just, it's not, a, it's not important. I'm a corny I, person. I, I don't know <laughs> whether I'm going to have a good amount of fun. It's, I, I just want, I, I hope the listeners are. That's what I want to know. If you're having fun, create 15 fake accounts and give us five-star reviews on all the podcasting platforms from all of them. All right. That's yeah. how we'll know. Well, I'll just say that I'm having a good time. It's been fun talking about <laughs> hockey with you. I'm sorry that you don't feel the same way. No, I'm having uh, a great time. <laughs> okay, so uh, like I said, though, we have to get the mood down a little bit because I want to go to Pittsburgh and ask you what the frick is going on with Chris Letang, man. I spent a pretty penny on him in the tier one couple auction draft. He's given me no points in the last five games. In fact, all of Pittsburgh has totally fallen apart. Remember we, was it just last episode that we were talking about how amazing they all are and how you were saying anyone playing with Sidney Crosby is great because Crosby's the best. Like since then, they've lost four in a row with only six goals combined. Three of those goals came against Edmonton, and then they're like getting one goal a game. So Latang specifically, like I said, pointless in five. Can we just put this on Pittsburgh being in a slump and they'll clearly figure it out and then Latang will be fine? Or are we seeing something to indicate yes. that maybe Latang stinks now? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll cut you off at the or. Like we don't need to hear the second part, because that that's all it is. This has been a bad West Coast trip for Pittsburgh. They lost six three in Edmonton and they never recovered it seemed pittsburgh has scored just a single goal in each of their last three games and two of those were on the power play so this is a team getting completely shut down at five on five which is the game state in which you play the majority of the night and i i think it's a sign of how much they miss jake gensel when he's out you know not having that extra that finisher uh maybe it's easier for uh, you know opposing shutdown lines to to make quick work or maybe Pittsburgh with the travel was just off the game anyway all this to say these are short-term concerns I'm naming no long-term concerns uh but was a real short-term concern for me on like a couple team I've Latang, Crosby and Malkin uh that probably if I lose the week which is going to be determined over the next couple hours it's going to be in large part because Pittsburgh did absolutely nothing but I I don't expect that to happen very often right yeah I mean if you ride with the pens then yeah you're probably you die lose. with the pens yeah if they don't get any goals uh the lines by the way versus seattle and that lot how do you lose to martin jones and only score one goals but anyway uh those lines for that game yesterday were crosby with rustin gensel who came back from that injury and then also zucker came back to play with malkin and raquel so a change like we were seeing raquel on the top line with crosby and gensel for a while but hey they lost so probably they'll just shuffle the lines some more so don't read too much into that also jeff carter's injured just for whatever that's worth just a little tidbit for you hopefully he's feeling okay uh, Brian, 
sides. On the flip side, uh, how about a defenseman who is breaking out in Mikhail Sergachev? I guess we've already talked about a defenseman kind of breaking out in Josh Morrissey. And yes, Sergachev kind of joined him so far on the season. He didn't get any points versus San Jose yesterday. Before that, he had points in four straight games. He's up to seven points in nine games overall. Brian, are you seeing anything different to indicate that Sergachev could finally crack the 45-point mark and hit 50 like i asked you about morrissey right like i guess i'd like to compare the two here is this just like early positive variants and you're gonna say that like sergachev is the same as he was last year just like morrissey's probably the same as he was last year yeah i am gonna say that i i think if i was choosing between them i i actually don't know i think they're pretty similar i'd probably lean sergachev because I, I think he's more likely to land in the 45 50 point range than Morrissey, just by virtue of the role he plays on the team he plays for. But Sergeyev is also seeing some some nice variants, right? He's got already, uh, he's pacing for almost 20 power play points when he's on the second unit. So a 10 to 12 power play point number makes more sense. He's not seeing an in- increase in his minutes. Uh, here's a pop quiz, Elon. I like, and this is putting you on the spot. You're not going to know. I'm I'll ready. be shocked get... if you know. Let's do this. Uh, do you know uh, Mikhail Sergeyev's defense partner, in Tampa's last game. Um okay. I do Hedman. <laughs> Probably <laughs> no, not. It was not it was not Victor Hedman. Eric Chernak. No. I'm running out of defensemen on Tampa <laughs> <laughs> that I know. All right, what is it? Niklas Perbix. Oh. Like it ends with an X and uh, if you go see his picture, he looks like uh like your dream eighties prom date. He's drafted in the sixth round in 2017. This is his second season in North America. He just graduated college last year. Sorry, second pro season in, uh, well, anywhere. He looks, okay, he looks European. He's from Minnesota, so that's why I said in North America. I made a judgment. Uh, and Nick, Nicholas, his name is, it sounds um, European too. Perbix. Maybe you could just say Nick, Nick Perbix. P E R B I X. All right, so should we talk about him? It's a heck of a last name. One assist in six games so far. Does he at least hit? Give me something here, Perbix. I don't think he does anything. He just has an interesting name. Okay, well, he plays with Sergachev. I think I would go uh, Morrissey over Sergachev just because I'm a sucker for the top power play. Power play one. Yeah, Yeah, I hear that. By the way, Brian, did we jinx uh, Steven Stamkos? He had that crazy hot start. If I recall correctly, in that show you did after the first week with Steve Laidlaw, you guys were ask, talking about like maybe he's even better and like maybe he's going to challenge for the Rocket Richard. He's now pointless in four games all of a sudden. He, he went from being the hottest guy in the league to totally disappearing. I don't know. <laughs> Why? Why is this happening? Though I will say that I don't like his line mates. They've switched things around and now he's been playing with Killorn and Nick Paul. Uh, those are very Fiala and Reinhardt-esque line mates to be paired with. So maybe that's a theme of this episode is like star players being saddled with not such great players and then them not performing. Nick Paul and Alex Killorn, though, are, are better. Like they, they can play in a top six. I think they have a role to play in the top six, but they can play in the top six. I don't think you can say that about Fiala's and maybe even maybe even Reinhardt's line mate. So I, look, I'm not worried about Sam Coe's 13 shots in his last three games. Tampa, their top power play hasn't scored for a while. Uh, the Lightning are one for 12 in their last four games on the power play. And that one was from the second unit. And of course, Sergachev got a point on it. So this is just random variants working against Stamkos. And I actually, uh, I have no qualms with him playing with Killorn and Nick Paul. I think that could work for him. So um, what's to say here? I, I'm, I'm my, my faith isn't shaken. Okay. Because you're, so you're, you're saying... not going to be able to buy him low. But if you have him, I wouldn't be rushing to sell high if that's the, the flip side 
of hey, the situation. Sometimes I just want to bring a guy up. Like, it's kind of interesting how he's gotten no points, but you know, whatever, nothing to do about it. Uh, though the guy getting the good line mates is Brandon Hagel, right? Because he's been playing with the red hot Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. Kucherov, by the way, uh, 12 points in nine games. Now he's only been pointless once all season. This guy's amazing like i guess this isn't a hot take here but obviously just to say how great it is to be playing with kucherov and hagel has points in four straight now including two assists in that game on saturday versus san jose so tampa one of these teams that plays tuesday thursday saturday next week so i want to recommend you know streaming in someone who's good but at the same time you have to see if you'll be able to fit that player onto your roster unless brian do you think hagel his spot is just so sweet that even if you can't fit him in next week, he's someone that you go ahead and add. Like, could, do you think Hagel could end up being a season hold if he sticks on this line? I was trying to think of a good comp for him because Hagel's not quite like a bunting or a hymen. He's not really filling any categories, but he's riding shotgun on a really good line. So I was thinking maybe like an Alex Ayafalo type player. Um, like, like if you're trying to figure out if he's worth having on your roster, was Ayafalo worth holding on to last year and the year before for some of you yes for some of you no Hmm. and i think that's where i'd put brandon hagel he has three goals on seven shots or he had three a run of three goals on seven shots put him on the radar after a very quiet start but he also hadn't scored on a bunch of his early shots that's not to say like that specific run is unsustainable but on the whole his his numbers look okay but this is a chance to yeah have you we always try and suggest the guy riding with kucherov that's a really great place to be Uh, Would I hold him through a a week where he's not going to play games for me? No, I wouldn't do that. I would try and shuffle him out to add a game played here or there, but he's not an awful guy to have on your roster. Yeah, so add him to your watch list if you can't fit him in in next week. And then when you do have room for him, if he's still on that line and still producing, obviously someone worth looking at. Uh, I should also mention Andre Vasilevsky, not off to a great start so far. He's 3-3, and only a 9-10 save percentage. Was only able to stop 24 of 27 versus San Jose. We got a question on Twitter. uh, uh, Vasilevsky versus Hellebuck from, I guess, a follower named Brandon Hill. And I said Vasilevsky, but like Hellebuck's having like a heck of a start to the season after having a couple down years. And Vasilevsky kind of struggling and by the way hellebuck and vasilevsky what they have in common is they both have backups that aren't very good so they're both going to play a lot of games uh but yeah brian was i right to say just go with vas or do you think that it's like 50 50 or maybe this is the year that maybe you want hellebuck instead of vasilevsky no this isn't the year i want hellebuck over vasilevsky vasilevsky is actually playing better than hellebuck at five on five uh, compared to the like his expected number vasilevsky struggled a little shorthanded but i i uh yeah no i i think vasilevsky is still the most one of the most consistently great goalies in the league and i wouldn't take halibuck over him especially in a league that counts wins right that's that's sort of the big the big decider here that makes it a really easy choice if you're talking just save percentage could be close i'd still prefer vasilevsky but if there's any reward for wins or even goals against then give me vas Okay, and then speaking of underperforming goalies, we have to talk about Elvis Merzlikens, who just got destroyed today, letting in seven goals versus New Jersey. But to be fair, he did face like a thousand shots, so it didn't even he didn't have negative points in the couple. Uh, but man, this is not going well for him. He also had four goals against on twenty nine shots versus Boston on Wednesday before getting pulled. Now Columbus has this like terrible schedule coming up because they're going to Finland. So they're only going to play two games next week and then two games the week after. It's very possible you're only going to get one game out of Merz Lickens next week, and it'll be against Colorado. 
So you're probably like, you know, it's like a decent chance that you're going to be too afraid to start him. So is he, do you hold him at this point? Or are we getting to a point now where we can recommend to people to just forget about it? Just drop Merzlikens, stream goalies, stream in like a Stuart Skinner if he's available. And even if he's not going to be the starter, like you'd rather get fewer games from Skinner than any games from Merzlikens because this Columbus defense has just been so terrible. The defense in Columbus is awful. And it's, it, it, it felt like it got briefly better when uh, Nick Blankenberg was in the lineup, but then he got injured. So that didn't last very long. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of this with your goalies depends on your format, right? And what each, um, what what everything's worth and what you're looking for. If you're looking for volume, you can hold on to Merz Likens if you're just looking for saves because there's nobody else who's going to take the net. But if you're looking know, for... Tarasov got two starts in a row a couple, yeah. like last week. But like, he's, had, that... but he's yeah. had his own stumbles. And, I, sure. and I, don't, I don't think any goalie is going to withstand what Columbus has been putting their goalies through so far this season. Did you see that Corpusalo, Brian, is healthy now? Yeah, and he just got moved to the NHL roster. And you know what I'm looking... I don't know what's going on in Columbus because I'm looking at them and by the measure I usually use to to look at five on five team defense, Columbus is actually right in the middle. But I've seen some other charts that make them look really terrible. So I maybe that means there's hope here. I think if I had Merz Lickens and it was hard to find a number one goalie and starts in volume were important to me, I would be like he just like trashed his team basically, right? And then they had like a players only meeting after today's game. Uh, with New Jersey. Let's see what comes out of this. Maybe, like, I'm, there's fire in his belly. That's good to see. This isn't something we often talk about on the show, but it is good. He cares, right? He's, uh, he cares loudly. Guys can care quietly, too. I don't know. I guess I just, I thought it was promising that no one's laying down. We wouldn't assume he is, but now we know for sure that he isn't, and he wants things to be better, <laughs> and now he's he's got to back up. When he's calling out his teammates, he's got to back up his own game, so... I don't know, Elon. This I'd is where we're him. at. For I would drop him. I'm yeah. honestly like next week. Like you could probably add okay, him back. but if if starts and volume were important to you, though, you're would not gonna you get that next week? Yeah, or the week after. Yeah, you're right. Because of because four games over two weeks. Yeah, okay, drop him. Okay, I don't know. Maybe one day drop him and then like watch him closely and maybe try to get him back after a couple of weeks. I don't know. Obviously, it depends on your league, but it's a tough situation. I'm not too into him. I, I had in my notes here to comment on the Columbus Lions after the game because I prepped for this before that game. But at this point, they lost 7-1, so I'm sure it's all just going to change anyways. I did bring up how Goudreau uh, was split from line A at one point. So let's uh, see what the lines are going to be for those games against Colorado. Uh, speaking of Colorado, uh, Valerie Nichushkin has been out. He's just day-to-day, so hopefully he'll be back soon. In the meantime, Evan Rodriguez jumped to the top line to play with McKinnon and Rantanen, leaving Arturi Lekka in to play with JT Comfer and Logan O'Connor. Oh no, he was playing with McKinnon and Rantanen, but hey, you know what? He wasn't getting points with McKinnon and Rantanen. And then they put Evan Rodriguez there and all of a sudden Rodriguez had two goals, including a power play goal because Rodriguez also got on the top power play. So I'm a little worried now about Arturi Lekkonen. Like, yeah, like Nachushkin will come back and maybe things will shift around again, but maybe they've, they'll decide that maybe we like Rodriguez there. So maybe then Lekkonen goes to line two with Nachushkin and, and Comfer or, or whoever and like... Yeah, by the way, like Lekkonen did have an assist in that game. He had a power play assist. But before that, he was pretty cold. So I'm curious to know, Brian, again, just like Columbus, Colorado only has those two games next week and then two games the week after. Do you hold on to an Arturi Lekkonen who's cold, potentially bumped, 
and like doesn't play much just because because really if you look at it like i know we were so stoked about him after those first couple games like really since then he hasn't done anything right i feel like we're so excited because he was top line top power play and he had a couple good games but since then he's been pretty quiet so maybe we need to reset our expectations for lekkonen at this point lekkonen has just he's just been around and it's amazing after playing the majority of the season so far so probably at least seven or eight games on the top line in Colorado he has exactly zero points to show for it he hasn't scored he hasn't assisted uh he looks like he's he's doing his job pretty well he's just not getting any kind of reward for it maybe he's an Evgeny Svechnikov he plays on a line but doesn't get points there it's definitely possible although we we've seen enough from Svechnikov to know that this might be the, the his ceiling, but I we haven't seen enough from Lekkonen. And I feel like there's there's still a, a chance that Lekkonen can offer more than this. He's going to be a tough hold. Like, he's going to be on my roster going into next week. Um, but I, I am ready to cut bait if and when need be. But keep in mind, Elon, going back, I think we mentioned this earlier in the show... There's no, a I lot think it was of te- before we started the show. It was on the pre-show. The pre-show. A lot of teams don't have much better schedules, and actually, that one one of those games for Colorado is on an off day. There are teams that play the three heavy nights that you might not even get a game out of those players. So you might even get a, one more game out of Lekkonen than you would some other streamer. So I would uh, I would keep that in mind before you make any big decisions. I'm de- he's on my cupful roster. He is in the drop zone. I'm not dropping him yet, but. He's close. I'm going to need to see something soon, especially with him off the top line. I'm glad he's still on the top power play. but um, And like I said, everything else looks good. Just no points. I think he's. I think I'm going to drop him. I've got him on my cupful team too, and I just kind of feel you could. Like, you I don't could. want to drop Pinto. I don't want to drop Perfetti. Like uh, Dave Benton was telling me that I should uh, drop Jared McCann. I don't really want to drop him. Of that group, I think Lekkonen. I think Perfetti. I think I've changed my answer like through the day, actually. I think <laughs> I've been I think, bugging you so much. I think Lekkonen is probably the drop out of that group, but it, it's pretty close with Perfetti. I wouldn't want to drop Pinto or McCann. Yeah. And by the way, um, with the fact that you brought up that Colorado plays on that off day game, theoretically, if you want to be really smart about it, you can drop Lekkonen, get like a Monday, Wednesday from like Buffalo, go grab Dylan Cousins or whoever, and or maybe someone better <laughs> if you can. And then uh, maybe then you could add Lekkonen back. And then you get the best of both worlds. So I don't know. See yeah. what you can do in your well, league. Yeah, that that's that's obviously a risk. Also, something to keep in mind is within a couple of weeks, Elon, I don't know if you know offhand when Landeskog is slated to return, but we're looking uh-huh. like two weeks into the future, you know, when Colorado has a regular schedule again, Landeskog will be that much closer to returning, which could bump Lekkonen off the top power play unit, which would make him even less fancy relevant. So keep an eye on things. You know, you're not holding him hell or high water here. Yeah, I think it was on October 19th, we had news that Landeskog would be out 12 weeks, so three months. So we still got a, a while for Landeskog. Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's go to uh, the team that beat up on Ellesmer's Lickens, New Jersey. Uh, first of all, let's talk about how Vitek Vanacek got the second game in a row, and he did really, really well, right? He only let in the one goal. I didn't check on how many shots, but I'd imagine maybe it wasn't too many. because it was like, Low oh, 20s. 20, low, low 20s, but still, hey, he held his own. He got the win. That's after shutting out Colorado in a game earlier this week. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood was hurt for a bit, but he's healthy. He's been backing up. Uh, who knows, right? Like right now, it seems like Vanacek's in the driver's seat. I'm curious to know if uh, Lindy Ruff will give Vanacek like a third start in a row now. Just keep playing him while he's... Again, that would be what I would do. But again, what do I know? But yeah, like the Devils play Vancouver on Tuesday. So I'm curious to see who's going to play there. And I think if Vanacek gets the start, 
and he's available in your free agency and you need a goalie, I would grab him because, you know, that's three starts in a row. And, and then if he gets another start, that's four. And next thing you know, you have a starting goalie here because Mackenzie Blackwood has never, or maybe it's been like three years ago, he made us feel like he might be a starter in the league. But right now he's, you know, he, he had a couple good games. But at this point, if Vanacek could keep playing well, I don't see why Lindy Ruff wouldn't just make Vanacek the starting goalie. It's like a bit of a Spider-Man gif here with the the Blackwood and Vanacek pointing at each other. Like you you were describing Blackwood, but you could have been describing Vanacek. And we've seen this happen before with Vanacek. It's like, oh, we think he could be good. Oh, he's really disappointed. He's been awful this year. He's been really, really bad. Uh, And uh, now that he's strung a couple good games together, which he did in Washington, it's like, oh, well, now Vanacek has taken the lead from Ilya Samsonov. Can he run with it? And inevitably, the answer was no. The question was just when it wasn't if the wheels were going to fall off, but when. And I think you might as well grab them and ride them until the wheels fall off. They're gonna within a week or two. Uh, I think you can really count on that. And then it'll be Blackwood back in the driver's seat. But while Vanacek is doing good things, um, he's a really great guy to have when he does get on this kind of role. But we know that it's, it's, it's never forever. You're so harsh. He's like 26 years old. He doesn't have such a long track record that you can just be like, it's never forever with Vanacek. He'll never be good. <laughs> Don't even <laughs> give it, up it, on your dreams, Vanacek. Become a car salesman. It this has not working. yet been forever for Vanacek. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no don't don't I would never tell anyone to give up on their dreams. Least like, of all, Vitek Vanacek, guidance counselors. Just be like, I don't think the NHL is for you. I think you should go to the <laughs> trades. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, come on. He's already had his bad runs this year. I know. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. No. Okay. He's looking good now. So all right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I mean, I'll fl- good job, Vitek Vanacek. Keep it up for as long as you can. We believe in you, buddy. Uh, so I also mentioned on New Jersey already that Eric Halla has been playing with Hughes and Bratt. So you're not, not doing anything, but that's a good guy to potentially have just because of the guys he's playing with. Though, really, I just want to talk about Nico Hischier for a second because he is having himself a season, right? Like, he is so good. He had another uh, one goal and one assist today and eight shots on goal. Like, you know, we were, like, falling over ourselves for Jack Hughes going into the season and like, nothing against Jack Hughes. He had two assists today himself. But, like, Nico Heischer is also a first overall pick and he's really having a coming out party. Lewis got him in the couple tier one auction for $2, just like how I got Kuznetsov for $2 last year. And Lewis was asking me if, like, this is the new $2 Kuznetsov. It, it certainly is. This is the best deal, I think, so far in the draft. And, like, Heischer, do you think... like I, At this point, it looks like... I think he's for real to be like a point per game guy. Like, tell me if you think that I'm like, I'm not like, maybe he won't be like a hundred point guy. Like he's looking like right now, but I don't see why he just can't keep getting a point every game. Or if he misses one game, they get two points the next game because he's clearly capable of having multi-point games here. And I love these shots. I love these shots too. He's doubled his shots per game and his shots per 60 minutes this season. Like the crazy thing is that he shares actually playing uh, a little less often at five on five this year he's down a minute on average and there might be a hiccup in there of a game that he played very little i i'm not sure but like he's not seeing the same ice time but he's doubling his shot counts and that's because he is firing away on the power play too he's uh it seems as though i, I imagine it's by design he's being called upon to shoot more and he is shooting and from dangerous situations too like i'm looking at his expected goals they're high like they're they don't go much higher and they're about double what they have been at any other point or over the last two seasons. So this is great news for Hishir, who's battled injuries for a while, and you could just never know if he's ever completely healthy. And I'm wondering, Elon, if what we're seeing is finally a healthy Nico Hishir doing all that he can do. And I'm with you. I'm not about to poo-poo any of his production. Like, 
Yeah, like you said, I'm not going to expect 100 points out of him, but a point per game pace is easily within reach if he can keep up doing, keep doing what he's doing. And this is all with just one power play point over eight games. So I assume there's still more power play production to come to offset some of the regression that's going to come at five on five. But is a love this guy, love Nico Hishier, buy high if you can. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe some people would think, oh, now's a good time to sell while he's hot. No, I don't think so. I think you hold on. I think he's going to keep it up. Uh, so let's go now to Vanacek's old team in Washington. A couple injuries yesterday that we still don't have updates on, unfortunately. So definitely you're going to have to be checking out your uh, Game Day News NHL or Dauber News on Twitter. But yeah, TJ Oshie and John Carlson both left the game. So those are two players who left the top power play for Washington. Uh, so all of a sudden, Evgeny Kuznetsov finally got his top power play spot back. I didn't want it to happen that way. <laughs> I don't, but but uh, he's back there now. And also Dmitry Orlov took over as the quarterback. So we don't know how long these injuries will be. But good news if you have Kuznetsov and he's been disappointing this year. And if you need a defenseman, I'd go and grab Dmitry Orlov, who's actually having himself like a pretty decent start to the season, even before this injury, right? Like now he is up to five points in nine games after his assist yesterday versus Nashville. I guess three of those assists came in one game versus LA. So overall, he hasn't been like too, too special. But anyways, while he's on the top power play in Washington, I would be interested in him. So go grab him and then watch the news for John Carlson and see how se- we'll find out how serious this is going to be. I think I saw, and I you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw that Carlson might not even miss any time. So, like, I don't fall over yourself for Dmitry Orlov also because Dmitry Orlov has had these little brief turns on the power play. John Carlson has been remarkably healthy over the last several years. But whenever Orlov gets up there, uh, it, like, you might get a point or two, which might be worth it for you for the week. But I wouldn't, uh, if he... If he were to spend extended time there, I wouldn't be thinking I'd be seeing extended production from Orlov there. So great news for Kuznetsov. Good news for Orlov, who uh, is a 35 to 40 point player, even with top power play deployment, I would say. Okay. Well, I think you'd get a few more points with the power play. But yeah, like, obviously, he's not John Carlson. Man, Twitter is such a ridiculous place. I'm just searching for John Carlson. So many trolls out there at wash caps bot just tweeted john carlson listed as done for the season following a parent hit versus what well. get out of here everyone's trying to mess Come with on. us all right so why am i even uh, i shouldn't have even said the twitter handle i should have just said someone but anyways don't go, don't go follow them uh so next up let's go to the islanders okay i'm just jumping around a little bit i don't always have to have a good transition from team i've done a few of them this episode so hopefully people have been enjoying it but i'm just gonna do a hard break go to the new york islanders and talk about Anders Lee. Well, Ben and Lewis already talked about Anders Lee on the last short shift. So I'm going to skip over Anders Lee, but, uh, you know, concur. We got to praise Brock Nelson, which I feel like we do this like, I don't know, once or twice a season. We're like, hey, guys, remember Brock Nelson? He's doing so well. Well, we never talk about him. But yeah, his goal yesterday brought him to three goals and six assists in nine games. So nine points in nine games and only 38% rostered on Yahoo. That's even fewer than the leagues where Velarde is rostered. So I feel like that, those are also clown leagues, right? How could you not want Brock Nelson? Like, what does Brock Nelson need to do to warrant being rostered in your fantasy league? So I feel like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't even think I have to ask you. Like, he's been good now a couple years now. Didn't he score 40 goals last year? Like, go go yeah. grab Brock Nelson. <laughs> well, he, scored, he was on a 40-goal pace because he was shooting above 20% uh, in total. But guess what? Uh, this year at five on five, Brock Nelson so far is shooting above 20%, which is not convincing to me at all. Like he has three goals. I, I'm not expecting the goal scoring to keep coming. The Islanders are scoring on 18% of their shots while Brock Nelson is on the ice. That also it won't continue. But hey, uh, when the going's good, 
the smart get going to add Brock Nelson. Don't leave him in free agency. Go and grab him until he cools off. This guy did not cool off for the entirety of last season. So just in case there's a little something magic about him, yeah, don't leave him out there for your opponents to get. Uh, Even if you don't believe in him long term, he's a better ad right now than a lot of the other guys we've mentioned. Like right now, I would, Elon, it's easy to say I would prefer him over Brandon Hagel. Uh, yeah, like I, I don't even, ju- I, I almost feel like it, like I disagree with you in terms of saying like you don't believe, like should you believe in him? Like I feel like he is a 65 point guy, I think. And like maybe, I don't know, I don't want to yeah. say like, maybe higher. Like, like he's really good. He should be yeah. rostered and he scores a lot of goals. Most leagues value goals. He's a goal scorer. He's playing a, on the top line. He's playing on the top power play. Like yeah. he's better than everybody. He's in a regular than year, <laughs> 25 goals, 60 points would be like a reasonable expectation. And you're right. That is, you're right. He doesn't need magic. That's rosterable. Yeah, but even that, I feel like, I think he's better. I think he's better than 25 goals, but I guess we'll see. Uh, like I, I, I think this will be the year where next year we'll finally be talking about Brock Nelson going into the season. I was like, yeah, grab him as like a thirty goal guy. And, uh, Taking good shot rates this year. Yeah, he's really good. Oh, actually, no bad funny. shot rates this year. No, he's averaging two point seven shots per game so far. It's looking yeah, good. Yeah, I, shots I in nine think games. all these shots are coming on the power play. I don't care. If I, that's fine. <laughs> was, okay. Doesn't bother five me. on five. He seems less involved shooting. Okay. Yeah. Well, so that just means he has even more room to grow. I see that as the last half full. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's already doing so well in the power play. Just wait until he heats up at even strength. There you go. Okay. okay. We both By like the- Brock Nelson. No one's I- saying they don't. I don't know. Someone's saying they don't a little bit more. But okay. Uh, shout out also to Ryan Pulak. I was mentioning him. I was going to drop him. He only had one assist in four games. I added him as like a guy, you know, to my cupful team. Like I drafted him right at the end. Someone I thought would get peripherals and maybe get me like half point per game. And he wasn't really doing that. But yeah, I decided to hold. And all of a sudden, he's really turned it on. One goal and three assists in his last five games. He's been getting the second power play lately, which he wasn't getting to start the season. So Ryan Pulak, again, I'm not saying he's going to keep up like this crazy pace, but his career high is 37 points. His career high pace is 42 points brian do you think that ryan pulak can beat that this season or do you think this is just gonna be the same as last year no he's got he's got a chance the last two years were so incredibly disappointing for pulak right he missed a lot of time and when he was healthy over the last two seasons he's been on a combined like 27 point pace which ain't great uh, and before that, we were like, yeah, Pulak is locked in as a 40-point guy, uh, gets you peripherals, and there's potential for him to build on that. And then he went the other way for a couple seasons. This year, it's nice to see him get off to this start. I can't say for sure whether or not it's going to last. I think he's also benefiting from the Isles having that high on ice shooting percentage at 5-on-5 five five that I referenced for Brock Nelson. But uh, it's it's good to see signs of life from Ryan Pulak after so long not. So, like, your instincts were right to drop him, basically, but it's good you kept him, and I'll keep him until he slows down again. Yeah, I might just keep him for the season. Like, even if he slows down, he's great for perifs, and then, like, it seems like we have the ability to get points out of Ryan Pulak. So, you know, watch me now drop him, because I, I, I tend to be pretty fickle with my fantasy team, but for now, I feel like he's not on my list of people that I, I'm watching at the moment. Uh, easy to say while he's getting points, of course. Okay, so Brian, we've still got a lot of guys to talk about in the second half of part two here, including diving into this crazy uh, 7-4 win of Montreal over St. Louis yesterday. So we'll get to that and more in just a sec. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. 
All right, we are back, Brian, and I want to talk about this Blues-Habs game. Let's start with the losers. Let's start with the Blues here, because they did get an out jury. Pavel Buchnevich returned for a second game of the year. No points, only two shots, but he was getting the primo deployment, top line, top power play with Tarasenko and Thomas, and then also Tori Krug and Barbashev on that top power play. Uh, Jordan Kairou also had a big game. He scored two goals in this loss, uh, which he really needed, right? Because before that, Kairou only had one goal in six games to start the year. This is a guy who just signed an 8 by 825 mil contract that's only going to start next season so he's going to be on the blues for a long long time and i wonder if some people were worried that maybe like you know he got his money and now he wasn't trying as hard or whatever like he still doesn't have any assists uh he's on like not the top power plays like i would call it like power play 1b like i wouldn't want to call it the second power play because they're kind of even but i do think the one with tarasenko is the one i'd rather have my fantasy player on so what do you think about kairu at this point like after he's just scored two goals is it time to just breathe easy and be like okay now he's going to continue his production from last year or is now the time to like okay he's had a good game let me sell him now and tell people oh yeah he's about to turn it back on when really we're concerned that maybe he's not as good as he was before I'm not concerned about Cairo's game having fallen off so much. One thing to keep in mind about St. Louis is I think they have the fewest games played of any team in the league. Like if you look at the schedule, uh, it's been trash. It's like they've played uh, yeah, seven, they played seven. Yeah, they've played seven times and start and they they still have a light schedule for another week. But starting November seventh. Uh, for basically the next month, they're not getting more than two nights. Like they're not getting more than a night off in between games. They're going to just be playing every other night or even back to backs in there for a long time to make up for all the missed time. So that's one sort of exacerbating factor for anyone who's had a a blues player, a blue on their team. Another one of the factors is that in four of their games, they had just five goals on 120 shots as a team. That's brutal, uh, especially when you're playing every three or four nights, it seems. So um, look, there's a lot not to like about what you've seen from St. Louis, but I'm not going to say that Jordan Cairo is up for a bad season. His on-ice shooting percentage is down 5%. His own shooting numbers still look pretty solid. In fact, I think he makes a pretty... Oh, he's also playing an average of three, two and a half minutes more uh, per night compared to last season. Um, I like everything I'm seeing from Jordan Cairo, except his counting numbers. So I, uh, I think he does make a really nice buy low target. Okay, buy low. And if you have him, hold on and good times are coming, according to Brian. One guy who I'm curious if you are going to say the same thing about or if you're going to speak differently is Ryan O'Reilly, who was like kind of meh last year, barely rosterable, 61 point pace with not too many shots. Uh, This year, he's already been dropped and then added twice in a couple tier one. Both times I looked at him in free agency and thought, I should probably add him. Like he's better. I should drop Pinto for And I ended up like holding uh, my other guys and I'm kind of happy I did. Like O'Reilly has one goal in seven games now no assists like is he a streamer at this point or do you think that i'm going to one day regret that i didn't jump on ryan o'reilly when i had the chance i think if you weren't that interested in o'reilly last year like we got interested because he was suddenly a 70 to 80 point player for a few seasons after moving to st louis from buffalo but last season we saw minutes being shared around a bit more o'reilly playing a little less of a role at all times and this season uh like so he was downgraded to 60 point player last season couple shots per game. He was helpful, but with long, cold stretches. And I feel like maybe we're just in for more of the same. So I think he's worth rostering uh, on for a patient manager or for a manager with really great timing. Again, uh, he's, his shoot, on-ice shooting percentage is even lower 
than Kairos. The Blues are shooting less than 4% uh, when O'Reilly's on the ice. And O'Reilly has not registered an even strength point yet this season. That's not going to hold. So he's going to start getting it on uh, whatever points start happening. Like goals that have been absent in St. Louis, they're going to come. He's going to start getting in on them. I like Kairou more as a bylo just because I feel like I feel, I mean, he's 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 averaging a shot per game more than O'Reilly. Uh, he's also averaging more minutes than O'Reilly. And he's also seems to have more of a, like a, a set power play role, although we're still seeing early season fluctuations. So I'd prefer Kairou to O'Reilly, but I think both of them still make decent by low targets. I see no reason to think that Ryan O'Reilly is washed. I mean, I don't know. Age catches up to all of not all of us could be Joe Pavelski. He's 31. Or, yeah, or or you know, Blake Wheeler. Some players do start to fall off and then last year, he was two seasons ago 79 point pace, last year 61 point pace. Right now he's on a 12 point pace. So I agree with you that he'll do better than that. But I don't know, if he's not better than 60, then that's not very good considering he doesn't help you with any other categories. You know, he doesn't score a ton of goals. So we'll have to see with Ryan O'Reilly. But I'm, I'm start, I definitely agree with you that I'd prefer Kairou if I was choosing between the two. Yeah. Uh, so on the Hab side of that game, Christian Dvorak had the Hattie. We're probably not going to recommend Christian Dvorak. Correct me if I'm wrong. A great game. He only had one assist in eight games before that. So nice to see the Habs getting production from him. Uh, but the real heat on Montreal is, of course, whoever's playing on the top line with Suzuki and Caulfield because... Wow, they're very good. Uh, Caulfield had two goals and one assist in that game versus St. Louis, bringing him to seven goals and 10 points in nine games. Cole, like, don't look now, but Cole Caulfield is in the Rocket Richard conversation. He's tied with a bunch of guys with seven goals. McDavid has nine goals, and then there's a bunch of guys tied with seven. Pasternak, Nichushkin, Velarde. It's the list you expected, right? Uh, Svechnikov and Stamkos, who's still there from like those first few games of the season. But yeah, Cole Caulfield is right there. And like, I think he's a legit threat. Like probably just won't catch. Like also, by the way, McDavid is still pacing. Like last episode, I mentioned that McDavid was pacing for 82 goals and 82 assists. He still is now through nine games. He has nine goals and nine assists in nine games. Uh, But yeah, I just want to put it out there that Cole Caulfield is like really good and really for real. And anyone who drafted him is like probably feeling really excited because I think you got to steal, even though he was going kind of high in drafts, probably not high enough. Nick Suzuki, by the way, also amazing. Like 10 points also in those nine games. And then on the podcast, we've been trying to see who's the third wheel on that line. I think last week we were talking about Sean Monahan, who was there, uh, but he wasn't there in the last game. It was Kirby Doc. Okay, and now Kirby Doc had two assists yesterday in that win over St. Louis. Uh, also, Doc featured on a five-forward top power play for a lot of that game. So the Habs, you know, like a lot of these teams don't have any off days next week. But I'm curious to know what you think of Kirby Doc right now as a stream, maybe compared to, I don't know, who else did I bring up recently that I was asking you if they were worth streaming in? Or maybe I'll have some guys in the future, but like these like guys that are in good position. Oh, Hagel, right? So maybe we can start a ranking and we can start with Hagel versus Kirby Doc because I'm very interested in someone playing with Caulfield and Suzuki. And Kirby Doc has like quite the pedigree. Maybe it's just finally getting unlocked. Maybe, maybe. This is the question, though. I, I, I don't know. I've seen people uh, who watch the Habs more closely than I do be down on Kirby Doc from what they've seen. I've seen people be up on Kirby Doc, uh, maybe at various points and not at the same time. They've been down and up. But this is this is a huge unknown. It's the same thing with Sean Monaghan, although he felt like a little bit more of a known, seeing as how he hasn't really been able to do much for a while now and his play might have been suspect or or even when he was successful and Kirby Doc is still somehow like this is he's 21 years old this is age 22 season there's still time 
for this guy to come around. Like you mentioned that pedigree, Elon third overall draft pick of the of Chicago back in 2019. So I'm interested. You know, I was interested in Monaghan for as long as he was on the top line. So I will be at least uh, somewhat interested in Kirby Doc there too, playing with Cole Caulfield, who, yeah, has been on fire. He's on pace for 63 goals this season, though he's shooting 25%. So if it, this is still amazing. I think he's still going to pace for 40 goals. And if he does that... Basically playing with only Nick Suzuki, like even on the blue line, there's not anyone really even to start quality breakouts in Montreal. It's those two guys versus the world night in, night out. Not No help on the power play either. Uh, what an accomplishment that would be for Cole Caulfield to break the 40 goal barrier. And right now I wouldn't uh, wouldn't put it uh, wouldn't put it beyond him. Fair, fair. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there because I know Habs fans will probably be like, how dare you? Like, I think Caden Gooley is good or at least will be really good soon maybe uh, is already good but yeah yes, not, he's looking he's looking uh he's looking confident with the puck looks looks like a looks like a pro out there already yeah Caden Gooley is good yeah what about uh arbor did we did we get his last name i, I feel like people were talking about how it's to pronounce like it before check no i don't think i think it was something better check i think it's like check okay. yeah Anyway, okay, so this is the third wheel section of the podcast. Okay, we talked about Hagel, we talked about Kirby Doc. Let's talk about a third wheel on Detroit because Detroit is one of the rare teams that has a good schedule next week. So unlike Doc or Hagel, you could actually add this guy I'm going to bring up and probably get some games out of him. Uh, of course, we've already talked about Kubalik to death at this point. Uh, nice to see Lucas Raymond woke up on Saturday with two goals and had seven shots uh, in the 2-1 win over Minnesota. So people who are worried about Lucas Raymond, that can make you feel better. And also you'll feel better because Lucas Raymond has been back playing with Dylan Larkin on the top line with a new third wheel adam ernie who saw that that's like i listened to the stream scheme just before i listened to this and dave put some stone cold steve austin music or like a surprise entrance that's what it feels like here it's like oh my god it's adam ernie he hasn't been on the podcast for a couple years now but dude is playing with larkin and raymond has points in four straight games he's also great for your bangers leagues he has two plus hits in every single game pretty much uh some games even more so brian let's say you're looking in free agency for a stream next week how could you not want Adam Ernie while he's on the top line on a team that has a good schedule? Yeah, no, you want, I think you want Adam Ernie while he's on the top line on a team that has a good schedule. Go for it. Uh, you don't need Bert to go grab Ernie. In fact, okay. if Bert was there, you wouldn't want Ernie. I Come on. It's too easy. Sure. Um, yeah. It's funny, though. Like, Ernie, I was trying to think of a, a comp for him. And he's almost like the poor man's Evan Rodriguez. Right. Like he, he doesn't have like the beautiful underlying numbers that Rodriguez has had, but he's sort of the same in that he's never really gotten a consistent top six role in his career. But when he's there, he's gotten our attention and he's there right now. Uh, I, it's worth noting that Kubalik is off the top line. And I think if he if that second line isn't doing much, then I think it's it, he moves back up to the top line pretty quickly. But for now, um, Adam Ernie's there. And he is definitely worth worth a shot if he's available. Were you comparing him, Elon, to Doc and Hagel? Yeah. Who do you like? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's easy to say Ernie for next week just because the schedule. But let's say schedule aside, who do you think is going to like hold this spot and be worth like still being interested in like a couple weeks from now between the three? Who do you like? Well, I'm going to be swayed by something that K-Towny City has shared in the chat. And uh, K-Towny's living in the future. It's already Halloween where, where they are. So I'm going to trust this knowledge um but said that shared that uh marty st louis already said he loves doc on the top line because he's creating room for caulfield and suzuki which you know sounds like your usual coach speak 
But uh, I think I believe it when Marty St. Louis says it. So I think I'll, I'll put Doc up top. And then, I don't know, Hagel's been on the top line for a bit this year without doing a whole lot. So it's a, he, he doesn't really grab my attention the same way Ernie has because he's gotten that opportunity and he's been rolling with it ever since. So I think I'll go uh, Doc, Ernie, Hagel. Okay. S- schedule aside. You, what, you, what, do you, what do you think? I'd have Ernie last. I don't know. I just don't believe in him. <laughs> like, I like him for the schedule next week, but I, I, I'm really into... Here, not here's really a high. Into, I like Hagel with Kucherov. Did you know that Adam Ernie has more points than Lucas Raymond this season? I mean, yeah. Lucas Raymond was a big uh, concerning person for a lot of people. But I think moving forward, I would expect Raymond to get more. But yeah, hey, you never know. Uh, Brian, since you made the Sesame Street reference, I think now you're obliged to sing the song that Lewis just posted the lyrics to here in the chat. I've already sung once this episode. I'm not sure. Okay, maybe people don't want that. You know what? Why don't let's let Lewis save it for short shifts? All right. If if Ernie gets another point on Monday, then Lewis, you have to sing this. I think he Tuesday. has the better singing voice too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, by the way, uh, on Detroit, Cider still sitting on only the one assist, but he was back on the top power play last game, so that's nice. I think he's a good by low. Like I would try to get him. Uh, I sent Josh an Morrissey offer. for Moritz Cider. Yeah, I would do that, especially yeah. in a bangers league. Yeah. Uh, I made an offer in uh, the cupful to Phil. Uh, I offered Jersey, and he said no, which is fair. Jersey's been better so far, but yeah, I think that cider will be better in the long term. Though I, I do like Sean Jersey. Like, I'm not going to, I don't think, I think he's like rosterable at this point, but yeah, cider, I really like that he's back on the top power play. Now is like maybe your best chance to get him before he finally goes off. Uh, Next interesting third wheel on the docket is over in Minnesota where Ryan Hartman had been that guy all of last year and was looking awesome. But then he got bumped from his spot with Caprizov and Zuccarello and apparently he got injured today. So, but whatever, he was already probably not on a lot of people's rosters because why would you want him if he's not on that top line? Instead, recently, it's been Freddie Gaudreau playing with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. And Gaudreau's looking really good there. He has four points in his last three games. Uh, he had five shots versus Ottawa, six shots versus Detroit. Uh, I'm seeing that Minnesota is playing today. Let's see anything from Gaudreau so far. Nothing. No. Well, now you're making me look dumb, Freddie Gaudreau, but still, he's in a good spot. Well, actually, now let me just check and make sure he's even still on that line before I go too far into the future here. So let me go to this Frozen Tools last game. He is. Lies. He's he yeah, is. He's there, but the line has, uh, yeah, they're, they're, and they're doing okay. Like, they're winning the shot share battle. They're winning the shot battle. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, what do you think? Well, let's add Gaudreau to the list. You you had yeah, a doc I number one. You want him over Kirby Doc? I do. I, I think how can you play with these guys and not with Zuccarello and Kaprizov and not put up points? Maybe he exits the top line before Kirby Doc does. Uh, and there's zero power play time, like not even second unit time to be had for Freddie Gaudreau. So that that those are reasons to not be so into him. But I don't know, Elon. I just I I it, I can't stay away from someone playing with Kaprizov and Zuccarello who have continued making magic for much of this season. I'll throw one other name out there. Who he has a goal tonight. He's uh, 23 years old. His name is Mason Shaw. He's playing mm-hmm. on what looks to be the fourth line with Connor Dewar and Sam Steele. Sold. But he <laughs> but, but he appears to be taking Ryan Hartman's spot on the top power play. But Hartman's not on the top power play. Oh, no. so maybe it just said on the power play. Yeah, yeah. No, Zuccarello, Erickson, Ekboldi, and Kaprizov. Okay. Is the top power play All right. Madison. My bad. So, so we're not going to recommend for, Mason forget Shaw. Forget Mason Shaw. 
I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna put them in the show notes. Yeah, don't leave them out. But I will say that Boldy is looking really good, right? Like I really wish I drafted yes. him. I had the option to keep him in our keeper league, and I didn't. That was dumb. For anyone uh, thinking, like you know, like we were trying to figure out: is Boldy making Fiala go, or is Fiala making Boldy go? Are they just making each other go? And the answer so far seems to be that it was Boldy. It was Boldy leading the way there, and he's done well without you know, having A-plus line mates. He's got another point tonight. You know, my brain is, again, going a little slower now that I've had this kid. So it's just catching up to me now that you were like, how could you not want the guy playing with Kaprizov and Zuccarello? But to be fair, we're comparing him to someone playing with Kucherov and Point and someone playing with Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. So I don't know if that argument really holds, but uh, you still like Gaudreau. (laughs) So, but we haven't seen someone go nuts playing with Kucherov and Point. Like that oh, that's kind I of see. been a dead spot in the past. And this Habs, we don't know that Caulfield and Suzuki's line is gonna do well. Zugrelov and Kaprizov turned Ryan Hartman into a sixty point player. Right. That's we've that seen it happen. Okay. The connection has been made. Okay. Let's go to Kirby Doc's old team in Chicago, where Patrick Kane had a big week after I expressed all that concern about him on the last show. So good for him turning around in Chicago's all of a sudden like not looking like such a terrible team. Like, there's many worse teams so far in the league. Like right now, there's three minutes left in this game versus Minnesota, and they're tied three three. Uh, so good. For, and the Chicago's four three and one going into this game. So good for them. And I think we're at a point now, Brian, where there's a lot of it's not third wheels. I guess it's just like a bunch of interesting guys in Chicago. They're probably all available for you in fantasy, aside from Patrick Kane, who, by the way, I think got more points today. Oh, he has an assist today, so he's really going off. So good job to anyone who didn't trade him, like maybe I was recommending doing last week. Uh, but yeah, uh, the the bad news, by the way, Seth Jones is injured, uh, and his brother Caleb Jones has taken over on the top power play. Apparently, or at least that was what we were told would happen. There has been a power play so far in this game so he hasn't been able to really capitalize yet but yeah brian let me throw some names of blackhawks players at you and then you tell me if we're interested in grabbing them as longer than just like you know one day streams like max domi playing on this top line and top power play with patrick kane has five points in his last four games going into today i guess he didn't have any points today yet so far uh but he's obviously someone that you have to start getting interested in just because of his deployment and this production recently we've got taylor radish who's been on that top power play uh four points in his last four games going into today uh no points today okay well don't make it so that every single guy i bring up that has no points today okay because i prepared this before anyway but he's been on the second line with taylor Taves and Kurashev, but on the top power play. Jonathan Taves, by the way, we should mention, he's still he's still around. He scored another goal today. I'm seeing, and he had four points in four games going into today. He's on the second line, I guess, centering that line with Taylor Radish, and he's been on the top power play as well. Uh, the guy on the top line with Domi and Kane has been Andreas Athanasiu, who also scored a goal today. So, like, all these guys that I just mentioned are in decent spots and are producing lately. So, what do you think, Brian? Domi, Radish, Taves, Athanasiu? You don't, I don't need you to rank them. Just, like, let me know, like, who here interests you if any i'm gonna throw one name out there that you didn't actually have oh, so all these guys so, are just garbage to you no i'm not say, i'm gonna... not saying they're all garbage i think they're all like equally interesting okay. um philip kurashev seems okay. to be doing it seems to be doing really well he's got six points in nine games he had a four shot night in his saturday game against Buffalo and had an assist to show for his efforts. He's still on the second power play unit, so that's not great. And Elon, how about I'm going to throw another name at you that I, I'll have to double check your notes to make sure. Oh yeah, you did mention Jonathan Taves, who I mentioned earlier on the show. I've like, I have actively not added him. I'm still so hurt from last year's experience with Jonathan Taves, uh, but he's got three goals on his last seven shots, including the goal tonight, which you've uh, referenced. So, uh, all these, all these Chicago players, 
the same. Honestly, I'm not I'm not any more or less. I feel like their fates could all change. Max Domi playing top line, top power play with Patrick Kane. Yeah, give me him first. That seems obvious. I, that's it. I'm just going purely by deployment with them. I'm not going by name or track record or de- digging deep into their numbers. Who's playing the most with Patrick Kane is my number one question. My number two question is who's been the hottest lately? Uh, and that's how I'm picking between any of these Chicago guys. I think all season long. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I also like looking at shots. Andreas Athanasiu has been good. Like, he was, like, getting scratched in games, I think it was with LA last year, but then when he played, he would get points. So he's someone that's kind of interesting to me. He's also on the top line, not on the top power play, but he kind of interests me. But yeah, like, all these guys are, are doing stuff, and we just have to, you know, don't filter out Chicago players when you're looking at your free agents, because this team is scoring some goals. Uh, okay, so let's, uh, we're almost done here on the show. This has been a blast, Brian. Uh, I guess Ben and Lewis already talked about Chandler Stevenson on Vegas, so I just wanted to just mention, yeah, he's, like, really going off now that he's on the top line with Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. Uh, but I, I don't think there's anything more to say about him that Ben and Lewis didn't say. No, he's another buy high. I actually like I had I, I kept it in my head. But earlier in the show, we were talking about Kevin Fiala, who you're going to trade from him. My spicy take was going to be Fiala for Chandler Stevenson. I think he's locked in on that line. I think they're doing well. I think the Carlson Marcheseau Smith line is doing well. I feel like that's just how things are going to stay now. And Chandler Stevenson looks really freaking good there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that uh, he is someone who's really risen up our, like, you know, I feel like he was on Washington. He was kind of a nobody. Then on Vegas, he uh, there was a stretch where he was like on a good line, but not really producing. And so we had this like vibe of him of kind of like, again, like Evgeny Svechnikov. Like, I don't really care even if he's on a good line. And now he's really risen up to like, this is a, a guy worth holding. Uh, he's able to produce with good players and he is able to stick with these good players. There was a stretch where, Brian, we were concerned about Shea Theodore. I know you drafted him and you were worried about him. Uh, he's kind of heated up lately. Uh, though I think you just traded him actually in cupfuls. So maybe you can mention. I dropped trade. him. Oh no, sorry, I traded him. Yeah, you didn't yeah. drop him. Sorry, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was thinking back to Riley Smith because we're in oh, Vegas. Okay. I dropped him. Fair enough. But yeah, Shea Theodore uh, up to six points in nine games going into today. This game just kind of started uh, versus Winnipeg. But I think, or no, they're actually two periods in. <laughs> no one has scored any points. Uh, but yeah, good for him. I don't really have any more Vegas talk. But why don't you tell people about the trade that you made? Sure. So uh, there's a team in my cupful division with Kale McCarr, who um, is lacking depth, really. So I got in touch and we talked about a quantity for quality trade. Like, I'll give you two pretty good guys for one really good guy. So I traded Philip Forsberg and Shea Theodore for Kale McCarr. And wow. uh, I'm excited about it. I think this is one of like, that's one of the biggest value packages I've given away in a trade and hopefully the biggest return I've ever gotten in a trade also. Um, but we have this counter offer in the cupful now too. And someone in my division just posted um, that they have sent a counter and I'm, I'm, I'm dying to know what it is. I don't know yeah. that I could have gone higher than Forsberg and Theodore, um, but I'm hoping you got, I don't know. What do you, what are, what are the thoughts? Here, do you want me to share my thoughts? You you want to share your thoughts? No, I think you've shared your thoughts. I think it's a it's a fair offer to get a superstar like Kale McCarr. You gave up a really good defenseman and like a really great forward, but you're getting the top defenseman. Well, no, the second best defenseman after Eric Carlson, uh, and that's like really great for you. It's going to be a little tough if this trade goes through for you and it's not countered because Colorado, like I said, only plays two times next week and two times the week and, after. And I have Lekkinen and McKinnon also. So yeah, like I'll be kind of screwed for a couple weeks schedule wise. 
Yeah. Well, people, uh, Ch- Joel's saying in the chat here. <laughs> Joel's that, not impressed in the chat. How did someone? Saying, yeah. So that means that it's likely that there's going to be a counter. So you might not actually end up uh, getting this trade. But, you know, that's the interesting thing about our counter offers is like you could have maybe given more than you needed to just to like ensure it doesn't get countered. But you chose to just give what you gave. I think you were telling me at one point, or is it okay for me to share like the full details that you shared with me? Yeah. Originally, the the other party wanted Wheeler also, and I guess you were able to negotiate not giving Wheeler. We'll find out if like maybe giving Wheeler would have secured the deal. And yeah, well, he won't. But I mean, but at the end of the day, maybe you're happy just keeping Wheeler, Theodore, and Forsberg. If I was a Wheeler away, like then I drop Wheeler at some point. Then yeah, that'll hurt. I just uh, I just wasn't ready for it, and he, okay. and he accepted. But yeah, I almost considered paying more just to prevent a counter. Which is, like so, at tw- did we? Did I actually explain the rule? Uh, after, yeah, no, no, we have. Yeah, after a trade, you have a uh, twenty-four hours to make a counter for the exact same package, and if it's right. accepted, then we cancel the first trade. Right. Yeah. E- either manager in the deal. It's really good because then it means that people don't just like have the people won't just complain. Oh, that was a rip-off trade. It's like if you don't, if you think a trade was a rip-off trade, go make a better offer. Ma- put your money where your mouth is. Don't bother the commissions. And I think it leads us to having more like balanced trades because whenever there is a rip-off trade, everyone else could like swarm in and try to do something better. I don't think this is like a rip-off trade. Like this isn't one that like anyone would ever consider vetoing. I think it could is as much as Joel is disagreeing. I think it could potentially go either way. Like I like Shea Theodore. I don't know. I think he's like you know obviously he's no Kale McCarr, but also Philip Forsberg is like last year was like a you know nine point guy or whatever so uh, i'll be curious to see also so it could be a win-win we'll find out yeah 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 uh, <laughs> shane is asking if you could counter from other divisions what okay, about the so. trade you made elon while we're, ta- while we're talking about trades you made you we made you made one this week yeah well i'm pretty happy with it i traded elvis Merz lickens away to a team that only had it was brendan's team in tier one and he only had one goal you see sorrows i like kind of i had elvis i was both frustrated with how badly he's been playing and how badly Columbus has been and also frustrated that Columbus only has two games next week and two games the week after and I also already have a couple you said you have a couple avalanche I have Wierenski and Line so it's like I don't really want to go into next week holding on to Merzlikens we already talked about this earlier in the show right I don't want to hold Merzlikens just to like have one game against Colorado where he's going to get blown up probably so I made an offer for uh, Tory Krug and it was accepted so boom I don't. I don't even love Tory Krug that much. But no, I was, I was like close to someone, dropping Merz You, you never liked Tory Krug. You're you're a Justin Falk tr- uh, truther and uh, your team Falk. On yeah, I would take I would take Falk, but he didn't have Falk. He had uh, Tory Krug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so so but like that you traded that you traded Merz Lickens for Tory Krug shows just how far he's fallen in your mind. And uh, Krug has been one of those uh, those suffering blues who also hasn't been doing very well this season. Three points in seven games. Two of those points coming on the power play, which he is quarterbacking, um, period. So I, I like I like the deal, Elon. I, I think it think it works for you. Yeah, now I'm down to only one goalie. Well, I do have Grubauer in my IR, but I'm not counting him. Uh, but it's fun now. Now I'll just uh, I'll stream. You know, now I'm good for D. I don't have to worry about D anymore. I have five D. I have good forwards. So now I'll use, I, I told you I'm going to drop Lekkonen and I'll, you know, stream in someone for Monday. Then I could like play for, go for some goalies, see who, see if Stuart Skinner, I, I think Skinner's taken, you know, find, find some fun goalies to stream. So I'm not too worried about it, but okay. Brian, I think that's uh, the end of the show here. We, we could obviously keep talking about a bunch of the guys. I was going to bring up uh, Quinn Hughes is skating. He's going to be back soon. So good luck and you know good news for him and for people who have him i was gonna also mention oh, i'll just say it uh kuzmenko 
finally heating up. Mikhaev, like that line is Kuzmenko, Mikhaev, and Pedersen, and Mikhaev and Kuzmenko weren't doing too much. And at one point, Kuzmenko was even dropped down to another line. I dropped him a couple. Looks like that was a mistake, right? Like Kuzmenko now heating up, and he's back on that really good line from training camp. So, uh, you know, good news ahead. And if Kuzmenko's out there in free agency, I would go for him. And even Mikhaev is someone I would look at playing with Kuzmenko and Pedersen. Brian, that's all I've got. So you could comment on that. And then let me know when you're ready for me to cue the outro music and we'll get out of here. I think it's, uh, I just think it's time maybe for Kuzmenko hype season to start up again. Not to say it's going to die again within a week, but I think you can reset the clock to how you felt on draft day about Kuzmenko and treat him accordingly. Like if he's dropped in one of my leagues, I'm I'm thinking real hard about whether there's a drop I can make to see how he does over the next couple games. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a bit of a regret, but what are you going to do? Life goes on. Brian, this has been so fun talking through all these players. I hope everyone's been enjoying the show. Let us know what you thought. Tweeted us at Keeping Carlson. We don't really get feedback on the shows. You know, we get a lot of like, oh, you guys were talking about Chandler Stevenson. Should I drop this guy for Chandler Stevenson? But it would be even fun to hear, like, did you like it? Is there something you think we could do differently? I don't know. So if you want to give us some feedback, tweet us at Keeping Carlson, or if you're a patron and you're in the Discord, throw a message on episode discussion letting us know what you think because obviously we're making this show as best we can to give you what you need and we're definitely open to any suggestions to make it as good as possible you know it's like been whatever a million years but eric carlson is still great and we're still open for suggestions uh but with that brian i uh, go what else can i say oh yeah become a patron if you're not a patron we have a lot of fun okay so keeping carlson.com slash patron get in our discord join the community also you're like supporting a podcast that you like which is a nice thing to do for five bucks a month we give you all the per- we're not like one of these patreons where we have like a million tiers and we're trying to like squeeze whatever we can out of you like we're just gonna say give us five bucks a month and we're gonna give you all the perks that we have okay so if you're interested keeping carlson.com slash patron but with that brian why don't we cue the outro music why don't you take us out of here all right, this episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dauber Hockey and powered by our patrons, including our brand new super supporter as of like four hours ago. Welcome, Kevin. Kevin O. Uh, thanks. You love the Kansas City Royals? Now so do I. Uh, Aaron, Tyler, Andrea, Tom, Ryan, Derek, David, Rob, and of course, Patty. We appreciate all of your super patronage, too. Thank you to our couple coordinator, Kevin A. Bear, and our lovely team of co-commissions. You can find out more about the Kakupful, the greatest fantasy hockey league in the world at, you know the URL, kkupfl.com. Thank you, Elon and Shams Benamore for keeping the, yes, that Shams Benamore for those listening, for keeping the amazing stream of fantasy news rolling on gamepagetweets.com. Go there if you want to know all the essentials. Like, if you ever need to catch up, you spend a few hours away from your computer, what happened? Go to gamedaytweets.com. You'll find it. Uh, follow Ben and Lewis and listen to their show, Short Shifts. Follow them on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK. Also, listen to Dave's NHL stream scheme and follow him on the Twitter account of the same name. Logo art by BrandonWeeb.com. Outro music by Pat Roach. Also, I just want to uh, shout out our team of mods on our server. So that's uh, Jeremy, Kevin, Shams, and Andrea. Uh, you're amazing. We have a beautiful community over on discord it's my favorite place to follow and talk about and read about hockey uh and it's there for all our patrons so patreon.com slash keeping carlson if that sounds like something you'd like to be a part of we're friendly we're inclusive and uh we're kind and we're fun we're brilliant okay this episode of research with help from (laughs) dubber hockey frozen tools well what's the priority there for for people i think fun Fun is Fun. number one. Fun's number one. Okay. Well, yeah, and inclusive is good. Like, you know, obviously, like that should be like what goes without saying, hopefully. But I guess maybe it doesn't hockey, go without saying all, at all. Unfortunately. Right. No. So maybe that's number one. But then after that, I think fun is the main selling point. It's you definitely be, uh, above kind. 
Yeah, like if you could be in a place that's inclusive and kind and is still Snore City and it's like, why am I here? Yeah, yeah, okay. It's it's a roaring good time. This episode was researched with help useful? from Useful? Doc- maybe useful is oh, important? Like maybe useful. you don't need to have fun, but we can give you good advice to help you win your league. I tried to get there with brilliant. I mean, I, that's going a little far. I don't know. I think maybe as a hive mind, we get there. Yeah. All right, anyway, sorry. So we were going to say some websites now. Yeah, research with help from Dauber Hockey, Frozen Tools, Dauber Prospects, Natural Stat Trick, Evolving Hockey, Cap Friendly, The Athletic, HockeyGoalies.org, Hockey Reference, Hockey Biz, Hockey Database, Elite Prospects, and Yahoo! Great job, as always, Brian. Looking forward to the Short Shifts episodes next week. If you haven't listened to it yet, check out the Stream Scheme with Dave Benton, and then Brian will be back next Sunday to break down another week of NHL action basically just what happened on tuesday thursday and saturday because that's when all the games are happening and looking forward to doing that what should we do while we wait while you wait please keep doing all you can to make sure that fantasy hockey can be for everyone